collecting and start giving and start sowing into the kingdom of God for the work of God. And the Philippians 4.19, Paul says, May my God supply all your need according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. And he's talking to the Philippians who are supporting the ministry. And that's my prayer this morning. Take that which you want to give the Lord in your hand. Father, we thank you. We thank you for providing for us as individuals, as family, and as a church. And may my God supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Amen. You can take up the offering. Something that, and I'm battling to just get out of the blocks this morning. Excuse me. I'm a bit emotional. <laughs> the Lord is, wants to speak to us. And, and in that us, you need to include yourself. I include myself in what he wants to do. I heard the story about a guy that got onto a plane. And on the plane, there was a lady that had a gospel music in her ears and she had a t-shirt on how much she loves Jesus and this guy being a Christian himself thought I want to see what happens if I speak to this lady so after a while on the plane he turns to the lady and he says how do I get to heaven and her answer is well you should I want to go to hell Did she answer his question? No. Charles Spurgeon says it like this. If you are not concerned about the salvation of another person, you are not saved. You see, we've, over the last week or two, had a lot of people that we've buried. You know, different churches up, down, some of them have saved others we've spoken to, and they never cared to surrender their life to Christ. Never cared. Unfortunately, in many a church, there are people seated, even children, and my concern not for the children, that are not saved. They come to church, they sing songs, they read their Bible. They even pray, but they are not saved. You see, the Holy Spirit has got to do a work inside of you. And we get to this part in Matthew, we, we journeying through Matthew in verse 15, 32. Just, just take the music off. Just switch, delete that slide in the background and we'll have the scriptures pop out. Matthew 15, 32 to 39. Delete that. I'm not going to get work. Okay, I'll read for you from my Bible. 
So Jesus has now traveled. Remember last week we spoke, he probably walked almost a week to where he was. And it's, this is now three days later. He's been ministering on a mountain for three days. And there's 4,000 people there. I want you to see the picture. 4,000 people are out in the wilderness at a mountain, sleeping in the grass and the fields, because the master is talking. The king of kings is talking. How comfortable we have come, become when we don't have the, all the nice facilities. And maybe I just don't feel like church this morning. Or it's a little bit too cold or it rains. Well, I got family down. They've come for the holiday. What an excuse not to sit at the master's feet. These people didn't care about that. Now, Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I have compassion on the multitude. So this morning, I want you to understand that Jesus has got a compassion on us. He's got a compassion on the people around us in the world, the multitude, because they have now continued with me three days and have nothing to eat. I want you to understand when you hear the three, you need to think resurrection. Three days, dead. You need to hear that. When you hear the word eat, Jesus is speaking to something physical. Now, when he fed the 5,000, Jesus never initiated the feeding. The disciples came to him and said to him, Lord, the people are hungry. Jesus was doing something different. And we're going to look at that a little bit this morning. And had nothing to eat, and I do not want to send them away hungry, lest they faint on the way. Then the disciples, well, they brought a few fish and seven loaves of bread. Jesus multiplied it, and there were seven baskets left. Now, the previous time, it was five loaves and two fishes, okay, and 12 baskets. Five commandments on a tablet each, each fish representing a tablet, saying... That man shall not live by bread alone, but every word of God. That was Jesus was communicating during this miracle. In this miracle, and I'm preparing, and in my sleep, this is what the Lord brings to mind. The Lord asked me, how many authors for the New Testament? I had to go Google it, because I don't know how many authors. We've got definitely seven. Seven authors of the New Testament. We definitely have 27 books in the New Testament. Two fishes, or two, it says few, but few can be two. I'm not saying it is, but it can. And seven loaves, 27. Seven baskets stay up, seven authors. Jesus is communicating on, on a different level with us. Yeah? He's doing these miracles for a different reason than we might see. And if we want to go to um, John 2, where Jesus, fir the first time he actually does a miracle, he turns water into wine. Okay? And when the ruler of the feast tasted the water, now become wine, and knew not where it was, but the servants that had drawn the water knew, the ruler of the feast called to the bridegroom and said unto him, Every man, when you hear the word bridegroom, you need to hear Jesus. Are you hearing Jesus? He's the bridegroom that's coming back for his bride. <laughs> 
This, he's talking to the church today. He's saying, I've got a better wine coming. See, every man sits on the, the good wine. And when the men have drunk freely that which is worse, thou, thou hast kept the good wine until now. You see, Jesus is using this miracle to communicate. There's a good wine coming. We have the privilege to live in that, a new wine. So John 2 says we don't put, oh, Matthew 9, 17 says, we don't put, we can go to Matthew 9, 17, neither do men put new wine in old wine skins or else the skins burst. And we all know that because the wine is going to ferment and put out some gas and the old wine skins, the old leather is tight. This is how you know. This is how you know whether you and I have become old wineskins. That's when we say we're okay. See, the Pharisees thought they were okay. Now, I know the gospel. I know the Bible. I've got a relationship with Jesus. I'm working. I'm doing everything. The minute I adapt that attitude... I need to check my heart because it's become hard. It has become hard. And God cannot pour his new wine, his Holy Spirit, into you. The better wine, the better. God wants to pour out into you the Holy Spirit. I've heard this before. Watch out. Those are exactly the signs to tell me and yourself, that my heart is hardened to the Word of God. Yes, I believe. Do you know that demons also believe? And they shiver. When last have you shaken at the thought of God? When last has your being been broken at the thought of the Almighty? You see, Believing alone doesn't cut it because demons believe. There's something more that needs to happen. There is a repentance that needs to happen. There is a laying down of my life that needs to happen. There is a surrendering of my life that needs to happen. It's no good. I listen to gospel music and I got the t-shirt. But I don't have the heart. It's no good I know the Bible and I don't know the author. I've not met the author. I've not received this new wine. In Matthew 14, verse 13 to 21, we've got the feeding of the 5,000. And they all ate and were filled and they took up that which remained over the broken piece, of the broken pieces, 12 baskets full. But 12 baskets, each tribe of Israel. There's enough food. Jesus is saying here in um, Luke 4.4. 4, I want you to understand, this is when Jesus gets tempted in Luke 4.4. 4. Jesus gets tempted by Satan. And what is his answer? And Jesus answered him and written, Man shall not live by bread alone. but every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. You see, Jesus is trying to communicate, I want to feed your spirit with new wine. 
I want to fill your heart with a tenderness and a love that you would know me and receive me a new wine. He's speaking here. Yeah, I want to fill your being, not with food, manner that you might know, but manner come down from heaven. And then he says, I am the manner that's come down from heaven. I am the bread of life. Feeding the 4,000. It's about the new covenant. And the new testament. 27 books, 7 authors. 3 days. I'm going to be dead for 3 days. I'm going to stand up. It's the new covenant. And he says, in this if you don't eat of me, if we can go there to John 6, 48 to 51. It says, I am the bread of life. Next verse. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and they died. They ate manna from heaven in the wilderness and they died. This is the bread which cometh out of heaven that a man may eat thereof and not die. I am the living bread which came down out of heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. Yeah, and the bread which I will give is my flesh for the life of the world. And now the disciples think this man has gone into cannibalism. It's because they, they're tackling it intellectually. How come? Because they don't understand that the bridegroom pours out new wine in new wineskins. People that say, I am not okay. I need to be saved. I am lost. People that say it's not good enough to wear the t-shirt and sing the songs and read the Bible and come to church. They don't, they don't get it. And then he says, this is, he who doesn't eat my flesh and does not drink my blood is not worthy of me. And then the people left and his disciples remained. And, said, and he said to him, are you not leaving? Are you not also leaving with the 5,000 other people that left? And I said to him, no, sir, where will we go? Because with you are the words of life. But you've heard this. You've heard this. Jesus comes and repeats a feeding miracle to emphasize the fact that he wants to feed your spirit man. That you cannot live by bread alone. You cannot live by that alone. You cannot seek God in the physical you need to come to a place. You and I need to come to a place where we seek Him, His Spirit. You can't seek Him in flesh. You have to seek Him in spirit and in truth. Because there's a day coming, Jesus says, when all will worship me in spirit and in truth. Why? So you can have a nice car. A nice house that all your problems will be solved. That you can have the blessings. No. 
Jesus didn't come for that. Jesus came so that you and I would not perish in hell. He says, don't marvel at all the miracles. Don't believe me because of all the miracles. I'm showing you that I am the Lord. That I am dying and I'm making a way for you to have eternal life. And it's not an intellectual exercise. Because the Bible says the cross is foolishness to the world. It's foolishness to those who want to calculate it. A man dying on a cross for my sin or all the sin of the world. How does that compute? How can one man's death be good enough for all the sin of all mankind since the beginning of creation? How? You see, you've got to see the value of this man. If you take all those people and all those, and you sin and you put it in a scale and you pack all those people on one side and you take Jesus and put him on the other side he outweighs all of that he outweighs he is more holy that's why the angels cry blessed 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 love 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 they cry holy 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 is the Lord God Almighty See, it outweighs. His blood is so precious. Sinless. It's the blood of God that came down to earth to ransom you and I. Not that you and I can have a life of luxury. Not that we should walk around with a miracle mindset or a prosperity mindset. But the mindset of I am saved. My joy, my joy is bound to the work that God has done in my heart. He has saved me. He has washed me clean of my sin. Some of you are like my wife. Goody two-shoes their whole life. You know? And some of you are like me, the guy from the wrong side of the tracks. But my wife came to a place where she realized she needs a savior. I came to a place where I realized I need a savior. Because my one sin, my little lie, my little deception killed Christ. We all fall short of the glory of God. Jesus comes here and out of his own, he says, these people have been with me for three days. He sees this and he says, let's get them some food. And he multiplies that food. He's talking about his death. He's talking about his resurrection. He's talking about the new covenant, the new that you and I must eat Jesus. How do I eat Jesus? Well, I believe what he says. I obey him. If you love me. This is what he says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. If you love me, if you abide in me and my word in you, me and my father, we will come and reside inside of you. And changes our nature. 
this morning the Holy Spirit is here to set people free and to save people, to rescue people. You see, it's not good enough that you believe. There is a repentance that needs to happen. There's a laying down of your life that needs to happen. Some of you this morning must come put a packet of cigarettes in front here. Because that's your God. And some of you this morning have to come put some money down here. Because that's your God. You just got to get rid of it. I don't want it. We just need to get rid of it. Just to break the power of mammon over your life. Some of you need to go home and go get your TV and come put it here because it's your God. Some of you need to go home and go get that bottle of liquor and come put it down here. Because that's your God. Some of you need to come and take your shoes and your socks off here to humble yourself and walk out and be changed, transformed by him. And if you say it's not I, maybe must see my heart. Maybe my heart's become hard as stone because I don't need anything anymore. I am okay. That's what the Pharisees thought. That's what the Pharisees thought. Some of you need to go put a post on Facebook and say, I don't care what you think, you need Jesus. Because so many people are so concerned of what their neighbor would think about them when they open their mouths about Jesus. That they never open their mouths. Because what are the people going to think of me? Are they going to reject me? Well, if they ain't rejecting you, you need to ask yourself why. Because they rejected Christ. And he says, no servant will be greater than his master. They rejected Jesus. They scorned him. They spat on him. They teased and mocked him. He suffered. That's a bit cold this morning. I'm not going to church. I'm, I'm preaching, preaching to the choir at the moment. I've got some family down, you know, it's inconvenient for us to come to church. Are you hearing the words? But you don't know my past. No, I don't. But I do know your future. It's either heaven or hell. And you cannot come to the Father except by the Son. It is no good. It is no good. We say and we say and we say, and our lives don't change. We don't walk out that door. A different person this morning. A surrendered life. It's no good. We don't come to a place where we come to the end of ourselves and raise a white flag to Jesus and say, I surrender, sir. I surrender my life to you. Or you could walk out there and still drink and be, get drunk. You will not see the gates of heaven. You can walk out that door addicted to whatever. On this, that you will not inherit the kingdom of God. If I'm still looking at porn, if I'm still chasing money, if, if my life isn't everything about Jesus, I am lost 
And I don't want to send you out there. Jesus does not want to send you out there lost. He wants, he comes with his love. His love compels me to come to him. His love convinces me to lay down my life and change. He doesn't come with condemning. I am not coming with condemnation this morning. I am coming with the love of God towards you. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, Paul says, I beg you, I beg you, be reconciled to God. I beg you. Why is he begging people? Because he knows the outcome if you don't. He knows the hopeless state of your being if you don't. You are now hopeless and you'll be hopeless in hell. You and I need to understand this morning that if I keep on being the person I am after I supposedly prayed a prayer and invited Christ into my life, then I'm not saved. If I'm not overflowing in my heart and my mouth doesn't speak about Jesus and not concerned about the people around me, whether they are saved or not, then I need to question my salvation. John 3.16 is the most plain scripture that we have, and everybody knows it. It says, For God so loved the world. You see, if we receive God, we would start loving the lost. We start caring about the lost. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. We will give our lives. We will surrender our lives. We will give up our habits. We will give up what we think and who we think we are and say, Lord, please tell me who I am and what I am. I will give up and surrender my image and become more unashamed like than this. David dances. And the people laugh, even his own wife looked at him and said, you're a disgrace. And he says, I'll become even more undignified than this for my king. Because it's more important that you see the king in me. That you can ask, what, how do I get to heaven? How do I get to heaven? It's more important that the world can see the light of God in you, the light of Christ in you, the work of the Holy Spirit that's been done in you, transformed you, changed you, so that they can come to Christ. Because if they don't, they go to hell. And there is no second chance. When they breathe their last on this face of the earth, it's their last. There's no more options. No more. Some of you need to go see your parents and say, I'm sorry, and repent. Some need to go phone the children and say, I'm sorry, and repent. Because Christ died for you, so that you would not perish. That sounds like old news. I want you to see how Jesus is working through these three Miracles turning water into wine. He has got something spectacular waiting for you when you do that. He is the good bridegroom. He's got something more. You 
If sex is still the central point of your life, you need to come to Christ. It's not going to fulfill who you are, what you need. That emptiness will remain. It will remain and it will remain and it will remain and you are chasing after stuff that will never ever fill you. And Jesus talks about cisterns with holes. You cannot keep any water, cannot keep any wine because it's not been made new. I want you to understand that you can fool me. You can fool all the people around you. But you cannot fool God. He sees into your heart of hearts. And you can sit with a, we, we can sit with the right smile, the right attitude, and drive slowly, you know, keep to the speeding limit, and never swear in front of people. But yet in your mind, in your heart of hearts, you know you're rotten. It's rotten in the inside. Fraught. Because I've not come to a place where I repent, where I have gone to the place where I say, I am rotten, I am filthy, and I need a Savior to come and save me and clean me out. And turn away, walk away, once and for all, walk away from all that nonsense. I don't care if you've been smoking for 40 years. I don't care if you are hooked on heroin, LSD, marijuana. I don't care. Because he is more powerful than all of those. More powerful. I don't care if you suffer from the worst case of rejection. Because his acceptance is much bigger. We have to see that Jesus is doing this a second time. He does the same miracle, multiplying food, because he says, come feed on me. Come feed on me. I've got a new covenant for you. I've got something that no eye has seen, no ears heard, no imagination have conjured up for you. I want to take you out of that miry mud and put you on a rock. I want to take you from being underneath sin, where sin has dominion over you. Many people I know, that's what they struggle with. They, they cannot stop sinning. Yet 1 John says that if you save, you sin no more. Why? Because you rule over sin. Sin doesn't rule over you. 1 John also balances it out. He says, if there's anyone that says, I've got no sin, he's a, he makes Jesus a liar because we all fall short of the glory of God. But I'm no longer a slave to that sin. I'm no longer a slave to that sin. I'm no longer a slave to what the enemy is feeding me of rejection, inferiority, of addiction or pornography or sex addiction or alcohol addiction. Tobacco addiction, whatever it is. Ego addiction. Facebook addiction. Screen time addiction. <coughs> Jesus says, I want to set you free. The choice is with you this morning. It's a cry from God's heart. Come to me. He's calling. He's begging you, come. Come to me. Come be reconciled to me. 
because I love you. And I've got a new way of life for you. Where you can be who I made you to be. And you no longer have to pretend. Some of you are so tired of pretending. Just so tired of pretending. Pretending to fit in. Pretending to be okay. Pretending to speak the lingo. Yet when I get in my car, I drive away. The first thing I do before I get to, when I get to the gate, out comes my master from my top pocket. And then immediately I go on to driving like a maniac, sweating like a sailor, drinking like a trooper, huh? acting like Dirk Diggler, the porn star. Then you are not saved. Madam, you're not saved. If you drive out that gate and you criticize every single person you find, you can see no good and no other person, no human being, always finding fault. You need to question your salvation because the Spirit of Christ does not criticize. He edifies. He builds up. Or, there is all. You can turn around and walk away. This is a hard saying, so how do I eat your flesh? How do I drink your blood? That's the all. Both have got consequences. The first one, if you say, yes, Jesus, I'm coming to the front today. I'm going to put down what I need to put down. I'm going to go to my house and go get what my master is and come put it down here and break it and say, I'm done with that. Whether it be tobacco, joint, pornography, DVDs, whatever. I don't care. I'll wait here for you. If you need to go and get something to bring it and say, I'm done with this. Jesus is calling you. He's calling you. Maybe you just need to take your shoes off in submission of the Holy God. I don't know. The Holy Spirit's talking to you right now. You know what you need to do. You know this morning what you need to do. You know it. You're hearing His Spirit speaking to you. Will you be obedient? You see, that's the difference between believers that are saved and demons that are not they believe but they're not obedient are you following they believe but they are not obedient some of you have to change your household setup and move into the different room because God is asking you he says, I love you. I don't want you to get hurt. I don't want you to get lost. When will you die? When is your time up? Do you know? Do you know when you're going to die? Have you got an idea when you're going to die, when you're going to breathe your last? You don't. None of us do. The time is now. The time is now. Because you don't know if you go out that, and you turn, and you do 80 kilometers an hour, your wheel bursts, you roll head on to, into a tree, and you're gone. You don't know. 
You don't know if you're going to have a heart attack just around the corner. Friend of mine, super fit. 45, heart attack, boom, gone. My brother, 21 years old. Heart attack, boom, gone. 21. Other people die late. We don't know. The time is now. The time is now. God is begging you. The time is now. Don't wait. Don't wait. Don't be so worried about what people think about you. The King of Kings and the Lord of Lords is calling you. Don't wait. If you bow your head. Father, we thank you for your presence, Holy Spirit. Thank you that your love is calling to us, Lord. Thank you that it's no longer an intellectual exercise, Lord, but it's a spiritual thing, that in the Spirit I, I want to be obedient. In the Spirit this morning, Lord, I want to respond to your love. If you need to get up this morning and come to the front, I want to ask you to get up and come to the front. If you need to do that, do that. If you need to come put something down, yeah, come put it down. Don't worry about what people say. Father, we thank you so much. Come. Come. Don't let your pride stand in the way. Get up and come to the front. There's more grace for the humble, the Lord says. If you need to come and lay down your critical spirit this morning, come to the front, come lay it down. If you need to finish with whatever, if you need to go home right now and go fetch it, go home and go fetch it. If that bottle in the fridge is calling you, go home and bring it so I'm done with you. If your computer is making you sin, Go get it. Go delete it. Go format that thing. Holy Spirit, we thank you for your presence. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your presence, God. Thank you that you are here this morning to set people free, to save people, to rescue them, to pull out the heart of stone, Lord. Every heart that says, I'm okay, I'm okay, that you want to crumble that this morning, Lord. Because you're looking for a place to pour your new wine, your new wine, your spirit, your spirit, Lord, Holy Spirit, just to be poured into our hearts this morning. Right where you are, would you pray with me? Dear Lord Jesus, I come to you again this morning. Lord, and I'm torn apart because I know I fall short of your glory. And I need you. I don't need food as much as I need you. I need your spirit to come inside of me. To fill me up, Lord. To flush me clean, Jesus. To wash out all the gunk. 
all the pain and all the rejection. I need you to be my savior. I need you to be my healer. I confess, Jesus, that you are Lord, that you died and rose again. Not in vain, Lord, but purchasing me. I accept that you pay my debt. I receive your grace. I receive your mercy. I receive your deliverance. I receive your healing of my heart. Come pour out your love in my heart, Lord. Come fill me with your spirit. Come baptize me with your spirit, Jesus. Come make me a new being. I commit today, Lord, to walk away from my old life, to walk towards you in obedience, because you are my Lord, you are my Savior, you are my Redeemer, in Jesus' name, Father, I come in the name of Jesus, every spirit of addiction, I command to leave. Lord, your word says that when you come, you clean out the house, you bind the strong man and you chase it away. Every strong man in people's lives right now, whether it be depression, anxiety, inferiority, pornography, alcohol addiction, tobacco addiction, any addiction, We bind that now in Jesus' name. Father, we say to that strong man, leave out of my life. If you've got something to say, leave, I want you where you are just to say, leave. Just say it, just leave in Jesus' name. You are no longer my master. You are no longer going to dictate my life to me. You are no longer going to whisper your nonsense into my life. My ears are attuned to the voice of God. Because he says, my sheep know my voice. I listen to my father. From now on, I hear the words of my father. I will feed on him. Addiction, you're no longer going to satisfy me. I'm no longer going to eat of you. That particular sin, whether it be your temper, I'm no longer going to feed on you. I'm no longer going to get my identity from you. I get my identity from my Father. Holy Spirit, I ask you, sir, would you come, like in Romans, and pour out your love in our hearts this morning? Just pour out your love in our hearts this morning, Lord. Come fill us, Lord. Come fill us, Jesus, with your love. The love of God. Fill them with the love of God, Holy Spirit. Just fill them with the love of God. No more desire for what is not of you, Lord. Fill them. Fill them with your love, Jesus. Fill them with your love, Lord.
Fill them with your love, Lord. Fill them with your love, Lord. Your love, Holy Spirit. Fill them with your love, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We acknowledge your presence. Thank you, Jesus. You pour out your love in our hearts. Some of you must still get the courage to come to the front. The Lord's waiting for you. He's waiting for you, yeah. He says, come. He says, Bo, come. Come. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, we worship you. Lord, we, we will stay in this, in this place where you minister to us. Spirit of poverty, I bind you now in Jesus' name. I'll break your hold over these people. There's somebody here that's like crying out, Lord, Lord, this thing has got me. I don't even know how. <coughs> Silence that voice now in Jesus' name. Command it to leave. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, thank you, sir. Thank you for your presence now. Thank you that you are changing those, that mind now that's saying, I've got it. Thank you, Lord, that you're changing it right now. Thank you that your healing power is coming over people. High blood pressure gone in Jesus' name. Let you come, Lord. Cholesterol. In Jesus' name. Fear of rejection. I command you to leave. Fear of failure. I command you to leave in Jesus' name. Fear of success. I command you to leave in Jesus' name right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are here. That you are whispering to people in their hearts right now. You are hearing the voice of God. He's telling you what to do. The Lord is telling you, the Holy Spirit is speaking to you where you are. I don't even have the words to say, but He's speaking to you where you are. And you know in your heart of hearts that He's talking to you and what you must do. I want you to make a resolution in your heart to be obedient. To what the Lord is saying. Not to what a man is saying. To what the Lord is saying. I want you to be obedient to that. You've been asking God for more of him, more of him, more of him. Be obedient to what he says. And he'll give you more of him. He will fill you with more of him. He's going to meet you at your point of obedience. He's going to meet you at that point. Holy Spirit, we worship you. Thank you, Lord, for your spirit of repentance that's upon us. Thank you for your spirit that's calling us closer to you this morning.
We exalt you, Lord. Kit, will you come and play Amazing Grace for us? I want you to remain where you are. Just remain where you are. Remain in that place of worship. Remain sensitive to the Holy Spirit. He's not lifted. He's still here. His manifest presence is in this place. Acknowledge Him. Acknowledge Him in your life. Acknowledge His voice. Acknowledge Him. Worship you, Jesus. Thank you for your grace, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. As you sit there, just receive receive more of His grace. More of His grace. More of His Spirit upon you. Cry out to Him. Say, Lord, I want more of you and less of me. It's more of you, sir, and less of me. Lord, I'm so sick and tired of me. I want you. I need you. I desire you, Lord. Cry out to him. He's here. He wants to do this for you this morning. Father, we worship you. See yourself as that wretch this morning. Pray for you. You're welcome to come to the front. Chains are gone, 
I've been set free My God, my Savior Has ransomed me And like a flood His mercy reigns Unending love Amazing Chains are gone, I've been set free. My God, my Savior has ransomed me. And like a flood, His mercy reigns. Unending love, amazing Trust him in his prayer. 